All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I, I really don't care. Like, days and weeks go by where I don't wonder what John Tortorella thinks about our team. I haven't called the league once. I'll call him ten times tomorrow. If you go knee on knee and take a shot at a guy's head at the same time, you don't deserve to be in the game. Lost the first game in the Boston series well and got a little better. Then we lost two more, got a little better. Everybody just can breathe. <laughs> right? I feel like I feel like you people have been here, you're tight. It is the Department of Discipline. Welcome to spring. And what do we have here as I look onto my monitor? It is a sun-drenched Jay Rosehill from the tropics. Jay. Hola, papi. <laughs> Come. Oh, wow. Uh, buenos dias, señor Rosehill. ¿Cómo estás? How's <laughs> the Spanish? Yeah, it's muy bien, I think. Uh <laughs> All good, buddy. Down, down in the tropics, feeling good. Finally, after four days of I don't know what kind of sickness, but mm. what a waste of time, money, jet fuel. The whole beginning of this vacation was, <laughs> but uh, we're feeling back, feeling back to Hundo P today, buddy. I love it. Good to hear. And we are two weeks from the trade deadline. Uh, it, it, it has the potential to be explosive this year. There are lots of big names out there. You want to talk Hannah, Hannafin, Tanev in Calgary, Jake Gensel in Pittsburgh. Are there goalies in play? What about Marc-Andre Fleury, a, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer? Uh, take me back to your playing days. This becomes a little tense. It's not the deadline tomorrow. It's not one sleep, but it's the next two weeks of sleeps. Were you ever in a spot where you were begging, dreading, or worrying? Uh, about a trade or the deadline? 
Not really. I got traded twice in my career, but um, it was kind of out of the blue and 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 always welcomed. It was where I was not in a place I was happy, and they kind of knew that. And you know, I kept. You know, I was a good soldier. Wasn't bringing people down with me. Wasn't showcasing my my contempt towards the organization or anything like that. Just let it be known. Hey, like this is I'm not. This isn't what I'm signed up for, and I'm sure it's not with you either. And I'm going to keep coming to the rink every day doing my work. But if something comes along, I'd like to, you know, try to prosper elsewhere where it's a better fit. And you tell the right people that. And, you know, if you have that attitude, usually the guys are like, hey, Rosie, we got you. If something comes up where we'll keep our ears to the ground and, hey, we're not trying to screw you here. And if we find something that's a better opportunity that works for even just you, we'll make it happen. And that happened twice to me. I got traded to Toronto from Tampa's system. And I got mm-hmm. traded Philly from uh, it was actually Anaheim system during the lockout. Once the NHL got going, uh, Philly came looking for me, and they traded my. Uh, I think I was on a PTO, so it was uh, nice. it was pretty simple exchange there for Harry Zolnerchuk. Kind of rattled oh. the, the hockey world there. A big shake, a big shake up in the national. Deal is one for one. That's what Bob oh, McKenzie yeah. said. It was a monster. It, uh, I, I'm surprised. Uh, you could have slid some bad news through the news cycle that day with that blockbuster dropping. You, you would, uh, I kid, but you talked about Brian Burke bringing it to Toronto, and we've you've relayed some of those convos. Uh, what about Philly? Because I mean, God, the, the way you played, uh, it, it screams Flyers. That that must have been an excited phone call between you and uh, the Flyers organization when it happened. Yeah, well, I was on I was on the golf course, and it was we used to play Virginia Beach National, which used to be a TPC course, and had a hookup there with a guy that ran the place for tickets, and we'd cruise out there, and it was a little bit of a a journey to get out there, to be honest, but it was worth it. But we were right about the middle of the round, maybe just starting the back nine, and it was kind of that year was all buggered up because of the the lockout, and the date was I don't know somewhere around April, or I guess it was earlier, but I was just. Guys, my brother and my dad were texting me going, you got traded. And then I was like, what a bunch of dicks. Why would they text me that? I'm like some kind of an April Fool's typical dad brother thing. And then I look at my buddies that I'm golfing with and they look at their phone and look at their buddy and look at their buddy. And I'm like, what's going on? And I look at my phone, which I usually put away while I'm golfing. You got to focus right. up. And I'm like, holy smokes, I got a lot of missed stuff here. And um, so I was like, well, shh, I got to take off here. So we keep playing the hole and we're at the green of the same hole when that happened at the tee box and my phone rings and it's Paul Holmgren. Mm. And he just says, hey, I want to welcome you to the Philadelphia Flyers. And I just think you're a flyer and all this stuff. And I'm just, it's all coming so fast, right? And my wife's texting me and it's just, it's just craziness is happening. It's it's so hard to process, but I basically had to steal a jet and or a cart and take off to the clubhouse uh rip home and then so paul's like so can you be on this flight and i'm just like yeah i'm not really uh i'm kind of away from town right now didn't want to tell me you're golfing (laughs) yeah they had to send it they had to take a town car send a town car for me with all my shit and uh and drive me to philly because i didn't make the flight but i didn't i managed to sneak through that i wasn't out 45 minutes away on the golf course but uh yeah big whirlwind and the next time i woke up in my bed i headed to the rink and you know saw shanner and the boys and uh was all of a sudden on the philadelphia flyers so trade deadline when you get moved things happen fast you don't got time to breathe or go organize your shit it's like can you be to the airport in 45 minutes it's that kind of thing yeah, and there'll be some teams out there where you're you're in the room and the guy in the stall next to you, like, he's not here in two weeks. Like, he is so fucking gone. Um, please don't be a distraction or thanks for coming in and doing the work. But it's got to be a little unsettling, even if you're not a guy that, you know, I'm safe, I'm good. 
the room will change. That's a different group after the deadline on most teams. Yeah, and if you're close to that guy and you know him personally and his family is this and your kids play together, or go to the same school, or all those different things come into play, which I don't think fans think of all that all that often. You know, these yeah. guys have lives and roots kind of settled in, and it's always the case where the parents are flying in from Saskatoon and totally, yeah. uh, all this stuff's going on. It's, it's always the case, and it's just up in air. It's mayhem, but if you play enough years of professional hockey, you get used to that. You get used to changing things on a dime, completely destroying your schedule, uprooting everything and, and taking off and you get pretty good at it. So you got a good woman beside you. Uh, you know, she's on board too. She can handle the things on her end. Sometimes you got to meet them there, meet the family there, meet the wife there. And they got to tie up a lot of loose ends too, which, you know, you, you know, you got a good one beside you when they can handle that in stride and not make it about them. And, you know, it's business. You got to go take care of business and get to where you need to be. And life starts up at the next spot. And, you know, it doesn't take long till you're all settled there with the boys and uh, away you go. So we had a, a long weekend last weekend. It was uh, President's Day, I think, in the U.S. and Family Day in a bunch of provinces in Canada. Um, we had to pack up and get out of Dodge for a little family weekend, which is great. I was thinking, like, I can be pretty quick packing, but as soon as I mix the kids in and now sports gear and the, the wife's got a bunch of stuff, like, uh, like it's, it's almost a half day of packing shit. It really is. And I'm thinking back like when you were playing, I bet you would only needed maybe seven to nine minutes if you had to pack for a month. Like as crazy as that sounds to a normal human, all you guys do is go on roadies. Like if, if, if you're on the golf course right now, and I'm like, get home. There's a flight. How quick would you need in an in your NHL apartment to pack up and go for say two months? If, if it's just me, it's it's a joke, man. I got the suit bag, which holds a couple of pairs of shoes, six suits, all your socks, belts, fine. Then you got your duffel bag, where you got your jeans and your your long sleeve shirts, t-shirts, pair of runners, hoodies. Do your shit. Shove it all together. Toiletry bag is always packed. On top she goes, phone charger, smell you later, and you're gone, so so but different story with the family. My my very last I, I look I think of it as my last day as a professional hockey player. We're flying back from overseas and I've this I'm done. I've decided I'm done. It's I've said bye to the boys. I knew my last game was my last game. And we're packing up and we we fly back to Canada. Nice little caveat is I forgot to tell my dad that we switched our flight from landing in Calgary to landing in Edmonton. And I I'm out front and I go, I'm like, I'm at, I'm at pole K the pickup K. And he goes, well, these aren't letters. They're, they're numbers. And I'm like, they're not numbers. They're letters. I'm at K it goes J K L. And he goes, well, it goes 24, 25, 26. And we're arguing. And I just go, Oh my God. I said, are you in Calgary? And he's like, well, where do you think I am? And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm in, Ed I'm in, I'm in Edmonton. And he goes, he goes, well, I'll start driving. And I go, no, not a chance. I said, go home. I'll figure it out. And the thing was, we got two boys. They're both in school. The one's in hockey. I mean, you got rubber boots, you got snow suits, you got stuff. Okay. You throw it all in the garbage or do you bring it home for the younger one? I mean, it's worth, oh, well, just one extra bag. We had 13 full-size hockey bags stacked up around us. And I just go into the budget rent-a-car and I just said, just what's the biggest goddamn thing you can have to get all that shit in it? And it was a, a Ford 550 monster oh, yeah. <laughs> double diesel fucking dually. And I, I was cruising home from Edmonton and that thing. And I look over my wife and I said, I'm glad we're done. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> that was it. it was bags, Rosie. Oh, oh you got, it was. You got and we fat, didn't rat man. Pack. 
I didn't think we were at packed. I really didn't. But that was like bring it all home. Usually you leave your shit scattered around. Everyone that's played for 10, 15 years has got stuff scattered across North America for yeah, the most part. But when you get your hands on it all and say, well, you cut her loose or you bring it home, you end up coming home with a lot more than you think. Okay. So I don't know if you have an anecdote or not. Uh, there'll be probably 10 to 12 teams that make significant ads. They think they're, this is their year. They might, this could be the one piece away they are. Uh, one team will be that team that's right. It was David Savard and Blake Coleman with Tampa Bay. Uh, it was Josh Manson going to Colorado when they won. Uh, last year, Barbashev, he goes from St. Louis to Vegas. Uh, those are the deals that work, but there's only one cup every year. Uh, what, what, what does it make you think of when you see all these moves and first-rounders and prospects trading hands at the deadline? Just like chemistry. It makes me think of chemistry. You know, like you just said, everyone's trying to make it work. I, the, the predictions at the beginning of the year are rarely held up to a T at the, at the end of the year. Why is that? I mean, you know what players are on every team. It should be pretty obvious. You just can't, can't account for chemistry. And I think at the end of the year, those guys you're talking about, the barbershops and the guys that just fit in there and and they're just like, just sweet like this is what we needed and and so often it's it's personality it's locker room it's experience it's leadership it's every bit of that as much as it is this guy has 38 points and it's it's so much more of of that personal stuff than it is uh numbers on the score sheet of course that's 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 a huge part of it i'm not discounting that but that's the thing that really changes teams in my opinion is when you get that guy that's just like it really is like putting that last puzzle piece in there and the whole thing just starts to glow, you know, and everyone's looking for that and everyone's paying attention to that. And you're kidding yourself if you don't think those GMs are are dissecting those guys' backgrounds and personalities and trying to talk to old teammates, old coaches, old GMs, like what makes this guy tick? This is what we're looking for. Does this guy ring any bells for that kind of thing? They're looking for that. And if you can... You can get that little piece that gets your chemistry on your team rocking and rolling. And it's, you know, it's like Toronto tried to do last year um, with Ryan O'Reilly. The guy's won a cup. He's got that leadership. He plays with some jam. He's old school, but all those things. And whether that worked out or not, that's what everyone is, is always looking for and, and trying to add, especially when you're one of the front runners thinking we're one piece away. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun deadline. We still got another show to do before then, but uh, it just feels like that is the dominant thing happening in the NHL right now. The other one, the dust is now settled. Morgan Riley, we last show we did, we told you he had five games. He appeals. The appeal gets upheld. Uh, weird that Gary Bettman, who hired George Peros to do the job, didn't change the suspension that uh, George Peros and the Department of Player Safety put forth. Uh, it is pretty clunky, Jay. There's got to be a better way to do this. The way to do it is, what is the NHL worth collectively? Just billions and billions of dollars of enterprise. Yes, tens of billions. You get a an outside arbitrator on retainer, mm-hmm. and as soon as someone's suspended, he gets an email with all of the comparables, all of the past. I don't care how far you want to go back, five, eight, ten years of comparables, videos, explanations. That guy's job is to check it all out. Boom, there's an appeal. Boom, this guy's activated. Looks at her all within 24 hours maximum. Boom, down goes the the hammer with it. But the problem, the, the, that's the most sense. That's the most logical thing in the world. That's the fairest. That's the most yeah, honest. It but is, why yeah. would the NHL set themselves up 
to have their word be gone against and they pay for it. Like it's not happening. Right. So as opposed to that, Gary sits in his cigar room with his brandy and fucking scribbles down 11 pages of drivel that we're supposed to look at. There's not a chance in hell that that suspension is getting changed in one way, shape or form. The only, and they take so long, it wouldn't have mattered if it did. Gary takes like, five days on a five game suspension to get back to an appeal process. It's pathetic. The only thing that would happen at that point in time is you give the guy some of his paycheck back, which is only consequential to that single player. So the whole appeal process is a joke and I can understand why, but if you want to do it right, you'd do it in that way with an independent arbitrator who could just snap his fingers and say, here you go. I've been looking at this for four days already. This is what I think. This is what's fair. And after that appeal process, you see some of those comparables that I didn't even see during the suspension process, but like a Jeff Skinner. Yeah, pretty similar. Boom, cross yep. right to the mouth twice, three games, where the initial point of contact of Morgan Riley's, in their words, of Morgan Riley's stick was on the shoulder, comes up as soon as it hits his face. He literally drops his stick. You're still suspendable because you're in control of your own stick and you're responsible for it. But you look at those two and it's like... It's like you, you even use these, Gary. It's just, it's, it's just silly, man. He's never going to go against himself. He could, he could say whatever he wants. That 11 pages of drivel is just laughable, in my opinion, and I didn't expect it to, to change one iota. Yeah, I didn't expect to change either. We have seen him knock a five to a four, I believe, this year, but it's pretty rare to see Gary go against one of his own, whether that's you know standing up and pretending everything's okay in Arizona. He's been doing that for like two and a half decades. Or whether it's going against George Peros in Department of Player Safety. And uh, I think we, we have to remember how this came to be. This was collectively bargained. Players shouldn't have let it get to this point. And this should not be something the league wants that badly either. Because to be honest, it's just a bad look for the league. If an independent arbitrator with, upholds a five-gamer, no one says boo. But if Barry, if Gary withholds or, or, or keeps it at five, oh, like it's just, it's, it's asking for bad PR. So yes, you, you want a little bit in a negotiation of power, but really the power doesn't help you. And Gary's busy. Why are we bogging down the commissioner's time with this? Shouldn't he be schmoozing some car rental giant, like trying to get them to re-up a deal for 200 million? Like, come on now, this is, this is so silly. And to your point, I remember when the Dennis Weidman one happened, he got 20 games, like, wow, that's a lot. And look, it was abuse of an official. That's a serious thing. It eventually got knocked down to 10. Weidman had already served more than 10. They couldn't go create games for him to get back to even. He did get some money back, but if the process can't even right or wrong and the guy can get back on the ice in time for it, we really have to figure out a better way. It's pretty silly. And put yourself in Gary's shoes. Like I understand he's a cutthroat businessman and all that, and you wouldn't really want to go – like he wouldn't want to go against and just contradict himself – so, like, why not? You're getting booed every time you stand in yeah, public. What's the game here? Why not help yourself out by saying, hey, this is the NHL. This is the process that we have. We're the authority of, of, of these things that happen. We're going to put our, our gavel down and say, this is what we think. And if someone vehemently disagrees with that decision, you can go to this guy. And I've got this guy on the side. And they can talk to him. And this is a reasonable guy. And if he goes against me... All thumbs up and away it goes. And then all the people that watch hockey would just kind of applaud and be like, nice job, Gary. That's fair. That's honest. That's not your ego. That's not your cutthroat bottom line bullshit. That's that's an honest, objective way of doing it. But it'll never happen because he'll have to check his ego for a tenth of a second and be like, 
okay, well, maybe if my decision isn't perfect and I shouldn't be the end-all be-all of the world, maybe someone else that's more suited to do it could do it. Well, the other thing too is he'll be like, oh, okay, you want an independent arbitrator? Cool. Uh, let's knock HR out of 49% for players, 51 for owners. Like it's going to be horse trading. That's the damn problem here is everything is a negotiation. And it's like, well, you can get that, but what are you giving me for it? And that's, it becomes frustrating with this league when they, they continually go and talk about being business partners and then you see how they negotiate CBAs. Um, yeah, that's probably a little more inside hockey than we needed to get. Welcome to your debut, sir. The Rangers are playing outdoors against the Islanders. 80,000 people in attendance. One of the first shots of the game goes in off the stick of Eric Gustafson. And look who gets the tap to go out for his first shift in the NHL. It's our boy, Matt Rempe. And away you go with Matt Martin. First time on the ice of the National Hockey League. And he is squaring off with Matt Martin. And he is a big man. The 21-year-old is 6'7", 241 pounds. And he's going against the veteran, one of the toughest guys in the league in Matt Martin. Both of them know it's going to happen, and they are trading them here. Martin, 6'3", 215. Not often they just nod and say, okay, that's enough. Not often that Martin's giving up that much size. So Rempe... Wasting no time making his presence felt in the Number 73 NHL. Rangers, number 17 Islanders, five minutes each for fighting. Yeah, I loved seeing this. I mean, I'm off the grid here, so I'm not paying attention, but this comes across my feed, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, unbelievable jerseys and helmets and the 
outdoor series. People said they've lost their luster. Lost what, man? I mean, it's not like there's only one anymore. There's a bunch of them because they're awesome and people like them. Not every one of them is going to be earth shattering, but this big boy gets one second of NHL time and he's got five pims under his belt. Big tuna goes a guy like Matt Martin. That's a great matchup for the guy. He's massive, can handle himself, obviously. And Martin's not a guy who's going to do anything sneaky or take advantage or anything. I don't uh, Okay, uh, put your hand. You know, you've played one second in the league. Maybe put your hands down. It's kind of the only kicker. That's okay. He's jacked up, man. I love. Hey, Alberta boys, Spruce Grove Saint product, AJHL. Seattle Thunderbird after that. I showed my dad that and he goes, how, how is he that young and that fucking big? <laughs> I said, don't, don't ask me, man. He's a bohemoth. I love it. Yeah. 21 years old and listed at six, eight in some spots. That is spooky. That's Steve McIntyre size. Uh, like he, he might finish at two fifty here. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just a big human. He's only 21. Yeah. Well, I, you, you look at his DB too. the kid can skate, obviously. I mean, he's not a point performer crazy guy but he's no plug and you don't you don't play anymore in the NHL you don't get called up if you're a plug if you're just a big meathead who can barely get off his inside edges that doesn't exist anymore the kid can wheel around out there and what a big body to have and it's cool to see him because he gets that opportunity to say forever now you know it was the New York Rangers against the Philadelphia Flyers in an outdoor series my first shift against a tough guy like guy's got eye black it's fucking awesome I love it and what a great story for him to tell his grandkids it's not just some run-of-the-mill night in San Jose where they kicked him out on the fourth line and said whatever here's your three and a half minutes like enjoy it was it was a special thing so it's nice to see that stuff I like it a lot Grandpa Matt, Grandpa Matt, was it at Madison Square Gardens? No, sir. Oh, that's too bad. It was on the road. No, it was actually at the football stadium that holds 79,690, and they were jacked. (laughs) And they got on their feet because of old Grandpa. I love it. Yeah, very cool story for that kid, and I, I hope he continues on and has a bunch of success. I'll be watching for him now that he's on the radar. And I don't maybe it's just me, but like certain franchises, like there's a certain identity about them. We don't need to explain to people what a Philadelphia Flyer is. You don't need to explain to people what certain jerseys, how that team should play. And it's not for every team. Not every team has that identity. But I always just love the Rangers when they've got a legit, spooky, tough guy. Like, Bugard was there for a bit. Tidomi was there for a bit. Like, that's a team, and that's a rink, and that's a market where if he wants to be a mean SOB that scraps now and then and the biggest guy on the ice and just play bully, you want to be – like you, you want to be the sheriff out there? I, that's going to work for the Rangers. Totally, one of those, one of those outfits that that puts pride in that type of thing, right? And both those teams are one of those, and it goes deep into their DNA. And not every single guy on the team of every single year has got that. But if you look over in general, you know exactly what you're getting, and uh, he fits the bill for sure. Sometimes I think like his size would be working against him. Like, is he too goddamn big out there? Like, can does he? As we turn down scraps, right? Looks fine, man. And can any would, would anyone want to scrap the big bastard? But obviously, the guy could could hold himself. I don't think he's an absolute murderer like the boogeyman. Or I think right. the biggest problem would be you couldn't find anyone to fight. But uh, the kid can move his boots and skate and keep up out there, and he wants to play that role. I mean, be simple. Be honest, be defensive minded, get it deep. Don't turn the puck over, move your ass off, finish every goddamn check. And if anyone wants to look at anyone on your team sideways, you <laughs> flat out challenge them to the point where they're fucking embarrassed when they say no or else they step up and they fucking scrap you. I can't see those Rangers doing anything but salivating over that kid. 
That's a good team too. Shesterkin starting around into form. It hasn't been the greatest half season for him. Quick has really carried the mail, but you've got on the back end one of the heaviest hitters in the game in Jacob Truba, superstar defenseman in Adam Fox, and up front, Kreider scored 50. Panarin's an absolute wizard having a monster year. Zabinijad can snipe. The, and, and all of a sudden, Lafreniere and, and Kako are starting to contribute. I, I'm very, very bullish on the Rangers coming out of the Metro. I, I've always liked Carolina, but it feels like everything's lining up for the Rangers right now. And there's a team last year who tried to do exactly what we were talking about at the start of the show there by add those pieces with the Patrick Canes and, uh, mm-hmm. and the Tarasenko's. It just didn't. That's just one of those things. Like, why didn't that work out? I don't know, but it didn't. Uh, they yeah. were certainly looking for it. They were primed for it. But, you know, maybe a different look this year is, is what they need. But they certainly got some pieces uh, stuck together that could make you feel like this is going to be an exciting run for them. Next item I've written down in my notebook, Jordan Bennington, Dick. Uh, Jack to roll it. Uh, he's known to be pretty feisty, butt end of the goalie stick right in the face of Luke Evangelista. Final minute of this game. And the Predators are going to win both games this year in St. Louis. Again, they will meet one more time April 4th in Nashville. And it looks like at first glance he, he might be selling that a bit, but you watch the replay. He's skating around tracking the puck, and Bennington... Gets a little wind-up in there. He plants this right on the kisser. That's a dick move. Yeah, Jordan Bennington's going to get a high-sticking penalty on this one. St. Louis, number 50, has a minor penalty for high-sticking. It was inadvertent, though, here. He's holding his position here, and he goes to tap his post. And he ends up getting Evangelista. I don't even hate it, though. If I played goalie, Pinder, if you played goalie, play it decade of I don't care what level of hockey we're playing 82 games a year are you telling me you don't see a guy cruise around here chasing your d-man and that big butt ends just hanging out there and you don't feel the need to just fucking see if this prick walks right into this man I would do it more often than not so I'm I've been tired of Bennington's act before sometimes I'm like why why does why does he think he needs to be the center of the show like no one needs out of their goalie and people are pissed at that. It, it certainly is Bennington doing Bennington things. Yes. But, I mean, he didn't even look behind him. He had to time it perfectly. He kind of dropped it right on his nose at the perfect time he came by. I mean, there's a little bit of skill to that. There's a little bit, a little there bit is. of something to that. I, I, I chuckled. I laughed. I mean, what's the guy got a fat lip? What the fuck do I care? He got a fat lip. I don't care. It's a Bennington being an asshole and made me chuckle, so I I, I didn't get too worked up about it. it. It is true. You enjoy the rats. This is goalie rat behavior. If you if you if you like what a rat brings to a game and how it changes the energy and the flow of a game, this is it. It's just that you're right. It's a lot of people are tired of uh, Jordan likes to fight guy Bennington's act, but uh, it ain't boring. If you're watching that Blues game, things get spicier after that. Totally. I think I'm an undercover rat. I'm like defending Nick <laughs> Cousins and Jordan rats. Bennington. <laughs> yeah. I like the spice out there. I mean, honestly, like people get so up in arms and, oh, what if it, what? I hate, I hate these hypotheticals. Let's, let's talk about a behavior based on the hypothetical worst case. If the, if the yeah. planets aligned, what if it caught his eye and he was done for his career? Well, he's got a visor on. I mean, what are we talking about? He's got a fat lip. Shut up. He's got a fat lip. Shut up. Like, And look, Nashville's got some fellas that can take care of business. Jeremy Lozon's been scrapping a ton. Like, let's go. That's that's fine. Yeah, that's made the game more interesting. I love it. Um, he is public enemy number one. Amongst the goalies, that like, Fleury is clearly the most popular goalie in the league, and Bennington 
is is number sixty four if we're if we're assigning two per team. The rest I don't really know, but I know Flurry's one and, and Bennington's sixty four. Doesn't he just make you want to just toe pick accidentally drive in the net and just drive that prick right through his own crossbar? I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Why wouldn't someone just bury that prick and take the two minute or make it look good and rattle his head off the back of that crossbar? It makes me wish St. Louis was in Florida's division because there's about six rats there that would like Matthew Kachuk has the greatest skill of accidentally falling on goalies. Nick Cousins would be doing something idiotic. Ryan Lomberg would be buzzing in. Jonah Gadjevich is scrapping guys. I mean, this Florida team, we've talked a ton about them this year. That's the recipe to to quiet down Jordan Bennington if, if he has to answer to that crew because they can out-rat St. Louis. Well, if he's smart, he probably doesn't act like a rat when they're playing yeah, Florida. You know what I mean? It's just he's he just tends to show up at, at certain opportune times. And yeah, that one caught a lot of attention. I thought it was pretty slick, man. He didn't even like he didn't even sell it. He he could have made it seem like I didn't even know he was there. But oh, wow. uh, people, oh geez, what was that? People know better by now, I guess. In soccer or footy, what they call these, these are the the dark arts. The, the ability to be sneaky, like the little dagger in the boot that no one sees. It's it's the razor blade folded up in your belt. Like it's dark arts. Jordan Denning, hey. Benning, that a master of the dark arts. I remember playing junior was the first year they took the red line out. So oh, okay. midget trip, I'm playing two line pass. First year junior, there's no red line. So what's every coach do? Let's have our guy, one guy just stretch out there by the D. There's only one referee. This guy is, I'm a defenseman, so I got to watch this prick hang out at my blue line when the puck's behind the net, and there's one ref, and he's at the hash marks looking behind the net. Guess what this prick's getting? Some of the dark (laughs) arts. Some of the very dark arts. And sometimes the crowd would just go, and the ref would snap there, and you're just standing there like this, and this guy's cratered on the floor, and you're like, well, fucking go go play with your friends there. I don't want to hang out up here. So, yeah, people learned in a hurry and uh, things changed in a hurry. But it's it's too funny looking back saying there used to be a two-line pass. I don't think my kids would even be able to wrap their head around it. That's a good point. That one, uh, it, it, it was gone quick. I don't think anyone missed it either. As weird as that sounds like. It just poof, it was gone. And I was like, yeah, did that change the game? No, it's fine. Yeah, keep it good. Yeah, keep it no two-line pass. Can you imagine bunching it up right now, all these skilled players where it's like, oh, got to stay close to the guys. All five of us got to stay close because if I get up there another 10 feet, they won't be able to pass it to me. It's just a weird concept. I really can't believe is. they had it for as long as they did. It's true. And you know what? That's it's a really good point. Like that is a forgotten rule change that no one talks about. No, and a huge one. A big, yeah, totally. Because you're right. It just clogged the neutral zone more than it already was. And that was when you could clutch and hold. The neutral zone was like a minefield back in the day. Brutal. Wild. Um, okay. I we have an issue here. We got two big boys. We got a great rivalry. I think low key, unless you live in one of these two areas, the state of Minnesota or the province of Manitoba, you probably don't realize uh, Winnipeg, Minnesota is a good rivalry. Jets, Wild, we've seen uh, it go back and forth the last little while. And we got a couple big boys here. The Mustachio Jake Middleton, formerly of the Sharks, so they added the deadline a couple of years ago, drills Mark Shifley. And Logan Stanley, who's about the size of Matt Rempe, big boy, uh, he is on the Jets, so you know you're going to get a little response here. Jim. And now Middleton will drop the gloves with Stanley. Late developing fight. Stanley, big boy, like six seven. Middleton. But Stanley's been out of the lineup, getting back in again. There's probably some history here because 
Middleton had fought Dylan before, and he catches him with one, puts him down. I mentioned it earlier, Stanley was the one who hurt Kaprizov here last season and put him out for a month, but now this will be an interesting call for officials. And let's talk about Shifley there when we're finished with this, but the two guys square off. It looks like something needed to happen to finish out the first period. Big Stanley boy's using his reach, keeping his head up, looks good. <laughs> looks like a strong kid, but watch. Yes! One switch to a left through one, and Stanley acted like there's just a minefield of banana peels around. That punch did not come close to him. All he knew was that that grab that we talk about, where you're nice and in control, you yep. know when that guy's hitting, all of that went away. And all of a sudden, this loose hand just came near him. He went like this, ah, like he got punched in the face. It's about, it was this far away from his face. Then he just goes, oh, my balance, and just bailed out of it. Like, no He's more for it. me. I'm uncomfortable. I'm fucking gone. The big sack of potatoes. It took one loose left hand that only went 12 inches before it even came to his face, and he was out of the fight, man. And that's a prime example of switching hands on a guy, throws them out of this world sometimes, and obviously Big Stanley Boy is one of them because good kid hung in there and, and got a switch on him, and all of a sudden the guy's – it's too bad, really. When you when you get the edge on a guy and it's like, yeah, now I got my things going. I'm in control now. And they just banana peel and fall down. You look at them and sometimes I'll, sometimes getting up, I'm like, you chicken shit. Like, you knew exactly what it is. You fucking bail like that. And they're like, what? What? It's like, what? You magically lost your balance? I don't I don't buy it sometimes. But hey, good for them for showing up and uh, a couple guys going at it. But the big boy fell hard there that time. It, uh, it looks like there was a sniper in the stands. It really does. Because the fist's not close. And it literally... The, nep- the neck snaps back as if he got hit. I, I don't want to paint Logan Stanley with with the one brush, but um, I, 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 I'm guessing his next fight will be a little better. I'm hoping. At least. Well, you can't hide from the video. And yeah, if you're going to do that, it's, people are going to look at it and people are going to judge it. But uh, how about Shifley? Like before, that's the second time he's had like, like he's going into the to the corner, right? In a puck battle. And he decides instead of like going up, you got two options, hit the brakes or get up against the glass. And he just decides to take, I'm going to hit the brakes and then completely fold forward. And I'm going to decide to go into the crease of the ice and the boards with my fucking head and my neck. I just don't get it, man. You're he's, he's so much more talented than I am as an athlete. He's such a better skater than I am as a hockey player yet. How do you find yourself in 20 years? I never found my fucking top of my head at the crease of the ice in the boards. So how did you? And it's only a day's remove from when you got a, a penalty for embellishing this big flamingo neck snap back when some guy touched his chin. Like, stop it, man. You're going to fucking hurt yourself. Either hit your brakes and suck up against the boards or hit your brakes and battle against the guys. Don't hit your brakes and then go ah, straight forward into like. I'm just tired of seeing it, man. And I don't know, maybe he, maybe other people have an opinion on, oh, he didn't mean to, the, the weight of the player behind him, and they have some big analyzation of what happened there. He hit his brakes, and he could have continued sliding on his edge all the way up to the boards and sucked against the boards. He chose to dig in and then get pushed forward, and, and instead of going forward on his knees or his shoulder, just 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 head first. Head with your head. Just to make it look bad? I don't know. Like That would be my last last, last option out of the fucking 20 different things you could have done of that situation. The last option would have me going, be going head first into the part where the ice meets the boards into the corner with people piled on behind you. And that was his decision. And it, it's so many guys' decisions today. 
I can't even think straight, but I'm, I'm the old dinosaur asshole who doesn't get it for some reason. It's like, it's just so obvious. Like, why would you, why would you go to that position? You have control over your own body. Well, to me, it's like, I agree with what you're saying. And the one lasting thing I'm like, you have uh, many options to not get hit here and you have ways to, okay, I am going to take a hit, but let's make sure I'm not at risk. He literally leaves himself standing still on the trolley tracks. Like what option does Jacob Middleton have at this point? I don't know. Disappear from the face <laughs> of the earth. It apparently is the only one that like, exactly. You leave yourself right on the edge. It's like, I'm going to go as fast as I can and stop at the very edge of the cliff when someone's right behind me. Like, what are we expecting is going to happen? And I, I like Mark Shifley, man. I got nothing against him. It's just these actions in the NHL I keep seeing that I've never seen before. Go watch anything from fuck, go is the beginning of time until 2012 or 13, and you'll never see a player in that position as long as you live in it, unless it was some doughhead Russian guy who's never been over here and doesn't know what, what hit hockey is. You'll never see it. Now guys are just folding themselves up head first into the bloody boards. And the worst part is half the people are screaming at the guy that was behind him. Like, like, like he contorted his body by some miracle of God. It's, it's so annoying, man. And eventually someone's going to like, I don't know, snap a vertebrae or fuck themselves up in a big way. And then what, then what are you going to do? You're going to probably try to take hitting out of hockey is what the media would try to do. So I don't know where it leaves us besides using this platform to be like, hey, kids, take a hit, get against the glass. You're be- We've seen you in action. We know how talented you are as an athlete. You don't have to end up in that position for any reason. I don't care about, you know, what the situation is. There's no reason for you to end up in that position. You're a high-end athlete. Protect yourself. Yeah, and you're not 5'7". You're a big man. Like, you're, you're fine here. You don't have to, like worry about get like you're not marty st louis you're not uh you're not johnny gaudreau lined up on the trolley tracks here. um okay if, if that made you angry i'm very curious what you're gonna think of this let's go to the echl where the uh one of the finest named hockey clubs out there uh the wheeling nailers they uh well never boring there let's have a listen center circle here we go Ugh. Lining each other up. Oh, Stone tries to spin, and Boomhauer starts burying him with the right hands. Oh, the theatrics from Stone. All right, we can ease the the audio. I did want you to hear it. Everything about that screams ECHL. The, the, they're they're fired up. The rink is going. You got purple slash violet jerseys. Like everything about this screams, you know, semi pro. Like minor leagues this is beautiful stuff but the spinning back fist this is hilarious i mean i've seen some weird stuff with some blocking and some some uh some boxing style blocking and going on but watch when he makes contact with whatever it is he's trying to do he's facing the opposite way of his opponent like either he doesn't have a clue how to do it or he's watches way too much mma but like to think you're gonna try like how many how many hockey games have taken place in hockey fights where that has never been the advantage of any human being to ever grace this planet or this sweet sport, but I'm going to do it and it's going to be a world beater. Then all of a sudden he's look, he's apparently this was going to, an L I don't even know that's a back fist or an elbow. Way. You're facing the wrong way. Facing the wrong way. His ass is pointed at the guy. 
Then he turns around, eats about four uppercuts, and decides to bail out on the ice. Like, hopefully that's the last time him or anyone else will try that stunt because fuck is it dumb. Well, I didn't look good. It didn't work. And the other thing is, like, he landed it right onto the shoulder pad. Is that what you were doing? <laughs> Come on now. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I, I am impressed by the MMA guys. The way they, they can land one little button shot, and they are so highly trained. And I know I'm not a big MMA guy, but I respect the living hell out of it, how those guys master so many different disciplines. And when they button someone, they go downtown. But clearly that guy had mastered absolutely nothing. Uh if you want to give him points for creativity, I'm not really into that. But uh, there's, it, it's a tried and tested thing for a hundred years. These hockey fights, no one has uh, found the, uh, you know, the magic uh, game genie where it just bypasses everyone else's tries at it. That that certainly wasn't one of them because I don't think there is one. Go in there old school and and do your best to make the most out of it for your team. So I'm just reading the tea leaves. If you didn't see a guy in a mauve jersey doing a spinning backfist at the NHL in the next 20 years, you'd be okay, right? I'd be fine with that if that's <laughs> all right. My apologies for my firm stance. Okay, let's go to some tough guy lineage. We will f- close the show with the fight of the week. And for this one, we go to the SJHL, the Saskatchewan Junior A Hockey League, where Kelly Chase's kid, Luke, apparently didn't fall too far from the tree. Here we go, old time hockey at the cage. And Luke Chase has Starts the left, left, and now he's going with that. the right. Hilby comes back with a couple. There go toe, two, toe. Chase goes down on Hilby, who gets back up, and he's taking a couple more. Chase with the uppercuts. Another one, another one. Oh, baby, Luke Chase. Hilby stood in there, took it like a man. But the big man from St. Louis lays it down tonight at the cage. Yeah, kid goes right in there like he knows what he's doing. Starts left, too. Doesn't even phase the kid he's fighting. You know this is Saskatchewan Junior A and just chalking like his dad, man. You notice how his head's up and the opponent's is down and Kelly Chase's kid here is going over the top undie. I love that. Uppie over, uppie over. Pure control and when you got your head up and you can see exactly what's going on and the guy you're scrapping has got his head down, you there's just no better feeling of control. You, you're going to tag him on the top. You're going to tag him underneath the uppies. Look how jacked he is. He, he can't imagine that going any better than it did. <laughs> okay, he's really going to fire it up before he gets out of town. But, oh, wicked thing. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You're right. He was in control of that one. And, and kudos to the other kids scrapping him too. He was stood in there too. Just got to pick that head up a little bit and not get fed those over-unders so much. If I told you you got to lead with lefts, they all landed, and then you got to alternate rights over and under the guy, I I think you're probably at a 99.9% win rate with that fight, right? I'd just, I'd just be pleased with the, uh, with the excitement of it regardless of what happened. But uh, usually when you get that going, it's, uh, it's going to be an entertaining one. All right. Well, we wish you uh, safe travel uh, on the way home. We will be back in studio. we got some interesting guests lined up for March. we still got the tread deadline to pass. Uh, I'm telling you, a little vitamin D looks good on old Rosie. I, I I don't know what the last few days look like, but got a little glow, healthy glow about you, Rosie. What this old thing? Yeah, dude, I was a mess. I was in my room. I got the shakes. I was doing the Leafs morning take thing, and I I'm literally sweat dripping off my eyebrows. I'm just a disaster. And today I woke up feeling right as rain. So back on the piss. We're having a good time. We got we got 24 more hours here. Florida, buddy, have one for me. Mai Tai, Pina Colada, Margarita. I always will. Paloma, Senor Paloma, okay. Uno mas, por favor. 
Thank you, buddy. Adios. Hasta luego. My boy's a hockey player. My boy, he's pretty tough. I'm awfully proud of my boy. He ain't afraid to mix it up. Should have seen him whoop that Nichols kid. Gave that boy a bloody nose. Shoot. By the time he's 10 years old, my boy be ready for the pros. Wanna see a hockey fight? Little Donnie Brook, a little brew. Ha ha. The bar team should score tonight. We all can yell. Hurrah. Hurrah. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.